What am I supposed to do? I'm just drinking in a closet. How am I going to help? Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. If you haven't yet, definitely take a minute to head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom or check out the Phantom Podcast Network on SoundCloud or whatever podcast app you use. Uh, but until then, you're stuck with us three. Uh, so I'm Jack, and sit right is Jake. I'm Jake. I'm not even going to try for a quote from this one. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who built his castle out of filth. It's Mark. That's me. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 2008's Sauna, and we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. When we do, we will spoil the shit out of it, so fair warning on that. Uh, but first, we've got to do the getting drunk part, so on that score, let's do Beers for Fears. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? And on the spoiler note, we may or may not also spoil some things with our beer selections. It's always kind of a nervy situation, but I had a really hard time picking a beer this week. I thought I would be able to get away with finding a uh, Finnish beer because it's a <coughs> Finnish movie. No luck on that front, so I actually have two that I think are just call-outs to different qualities of this movie. One is direct. I'm drinking a beer called Cellar Door by a brewery called Stillwater Artisanal. It's sure. a it's a farmhouse ale, so a lot of sense is made with that one. The other one's a little bit more ambiguous, and I haven't opened it yet, obviously. It's called Grace and Darkness, and it's an oyster stout from Half Full Brewery, but a lot of darkness here. Yeah, I think I mean, that's a commendable job there. That's right. It's a tough one. Yeah. Mark, how about yourself? What are your beers for these fears? I am drinking in Olut, as they would say in Finland. Um I've, I've had this one before. It's called Outer Darkness. It's an Imperial Stout by Wasatch. Or, I'm sorry, Squatters. Because uh, there's, like, darkness outside of the mm-hmm. town. That's what yep. I'm going for. So there's <laughs> a lot of darkness in this movie. And it's outside. <laughs> Jack? <laughs> well, as you can probably hear from my voice and my coughing and sniffling, I'm pretty goddamn sick this week. So I don't actually have a beer in front of me. What I do have a hot toddy, is a nice cup of throat coat tea um, into which I've put some Seven Devils uh, rye whiskey uh, from here in Idaho. That's a weird so mixture. It tastes a little weird, and I, I feel a little wonky, so we'll see how this treats me. But, you know, it's doing something. That's for goddamn sure. And that's the last we ever saw, Jack. <laughs> I think I would have gone vodka for the sickness. I don't know. Just, yeah? just straight in up tea? Everclear. Vodka in tea? I don't know if I would have done tea. Oh, uh, well, I'm having throat coat tea because I'm a professional and I don't want to be coughing all over the oh, place. Oh, thank you. Jack, the listener take approves. a shot of Everclear. It will sterilize all of the germs in your throat. I think that is how that works. Yeah. Smoke yeah. some cigarettes. <laughs> Suffocate the bacteria in your stomach. Yeah. Well, it feels about time to move on from that. Um, sure. Mark. What else has been rocking your horror world over the course of the last week, apart from sauna? Well, well, well. I'm gonna start oh with I'm gonna start with the better of the two. Uh, I watched one of your top ones, Jack. Ooh. Uh, I saw the Bye Bye Man. Did you really? And I... the Bye Bye Man was the better of the two that you watched this week. 
Yes. Holy diver. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, let me start with what's actually good about Bye Bye Man. There's We had just had a conversation, I can't remember which episode it was, maybe two ago, uh, where we were talking about how there needs to be more movies where there's just like hallucinations. I think that was One Missed Call or whatever. Uh, Bye Bye Man does that shit in spades. It is an entire movie about hallucinations. Um, so they actually open up some doors there that are fairly interesting. They could be interesting if the script were like well executed whatsoever. Which takes me to everything that's wrong with the movie, which is that the script is a pile of hot garbage. There's there's <laughs> so many things that are just like un- there's so there's like this there's two tropes that just like. That, that are throughout the movie. Well, not really tropes, like motifs. One is a train, and one is a coin that keeps, like, flipping. It's just, like, the sound effect of a coin, like, falling on the ground. Uh, and they keep, like, having flashbacks to trains and coins and stuff. Completely unexplained. Never once is it tied into the plot <laughs> whatsoever. I, I like trains. Uh, so did the people who made this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's sort of indicative of the overall just, like assemblage of this movie it's it's just slapdash and slammed together and oh god it's uh yeah don't pay attention if you're a person who can like go to a movie and just completely not pay attention to the storyline and still enjoy it you might actually have a chance at this movie uh it is sort of creative and interesting but uh the effects are bad the story is bad and the acting's bad so if you (laughs) if you get hung up on any of those things you probably won't want to see it is it a good and, and, background movie? Yeah. I, I don't know. Is there such thing as a bad background movie? I mean, yeah. I guess Sauna. Yes. <laughs> Sauna would be a horrible background movie. Maybe the worst. <laughs> so terrible. Okay, so yeah, I guess it's a fine It's a fine background movie. It's would PG-13, you? right? Um, Probably. I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't look at the rating. Okay. Would you recommend this movie, Mark? My, my parents allow me to see rated R movies, so I don't, I don't really look at that anymore. <laughs> would I recommend this movie... No, I don't think I'm I would. I'm so excited for your next one. And how did you watch it? Uh, I got it in the mail on Netflix, DVD.com, Jesus whatever. Christ. It's it's and, and to, it's available out there. Just Google it. It's on like Amazon and shit. Just rent it. It's in Redbox as well now. And to yeah. be clear, Mark, when you said one of my top ones, you're referring to our horror release roundup that we do once a month. Um, that was the movie I was most excited for that month. That is correct. I think you picked it over Get Out, if I remember correctly. Well, that was a bad choice by me. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Uh, actually, am I remembering it correctly that it is your number one most anticipated movie of 2017? Oh, I hope not. I'm pretty sure like, it That was. can't be true. That How cannot be true. How did you not true. remember? That cannot be true. I'm fairly certain that it was. If you don't remember, it means you were not excited about anything this year. I don't remember. Good. <laughs> All right, Mark. So now you had to watch a different movie. Yes. Had I did. To. I did have to do that. This one was a forced. Yeah, uh, I lost a bet. It was a stupid bet. Um, I watched Neon Demon. I told you I was excited about making him watch this one. Jack was thinking <sighs> I was letting you off. Which is yeah. So I was kind of excited to see this one. If you want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime streaming. So if you have Amazon Prime, you have it for free. Um. So it stars Elle Fanning, Dakota Fanning's little sister. You seem very excited about it. Okay, so this movie is as beautiful as it is nonsensical. Like, if you are looking for artistic shots, like cinematography and colors and stuff like that, it's an interesting movie. 
But aside from that, it is just utterly unnecessary and long, and there's no fucking dialogue, and everyone just deadpans directly into the camera. It's it's so it's ridiculous. It so uh, it's like Mulholland Drive, but making less sense and without the scary oh, hobo Jesus guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's just, I mean, okay, I, I'm. it probably makes more sense than Mulholland Drive. That's an exaggeration. But, like, was anyone clamoring for a movie where we discuss how shitty models have it in L.A.? No, no one was. No one is clamoring for that movie. I don't know. I mean, Entourage went, like, nine fucking seasons, and that's how hard it is to be a super rich white guy when you can't get your weed for a video game contest with that one time. That is, that is a different problem entirely. This is how catty... <laughs> this is a movie about how, like bitchy models are and how dangerous it is to stay in seedy motels where they're run by Keanu Reeves. Also, there's a fucking mountain lion in a room for no reason whatsoever. Well, that's oh, in the trailer. God. I do remember that from the trailer. Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense. They just shoehorn that in. <laughs> it is, it's two hours of, like, really interesting, colorful cinematography and literally nothing else. Literally. I would, recom- I would recommend this to no one. It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow, that's ever what? I How is would, that possible? I would rather watch the pyramid. I would rather watch the shallows again. I mean, okay, I haven't seen either of those movies. Those were my two. The two. Those were the two I gave ones to last year. I think the pyramid I, was technically the worst movie that I saw last year by my rating system. Now, wow. Jack, you've seen this movie, right? No. Neon Demon. I was gonna watch it with Hannah. I do Are not you sure? It. Maybe I have seen this one. Oh my god, this is like... <laughs> Good lord. Neon Demon? When would you have watched... You've never talked about Neon Demon. Why do you think yeah, you've seen Neon Demon? I was talking about it with Jake for a bunch because my lovely wife really wanted to watch this movie for a long time. But you didn't follow through. I don't think we did. Okay, well there's uh, there's absolutely nowhere we can check to see. Like a <laughs> website of some sort that we run. No, certainly not. Okay. It's impossible. I'm going to go with you didn't see it. So Mark... If I did see it, it's very forgettable. Mark, if I'm not mistaken, you think this movie is worse than something like, say, Poultrygeist. So, those are two different buckets. Um, no, they are both movies. Movie well, is the bucket. Let me fucking explain the no. sectioning of the bucket. The sub-bucket, if you will. Oh, God, the sub-bucket. <laughs> bucket, comma... <laughs> Bucket comma sub. <laughs> Poultry Geist is an intentionally bad movie where they slap together a bunch of practical effects uh, and try and gross you out for two hours. Sure, and Troma succeed. tries to be stupid and it succeeds. Yeah, this is a movie that's trying to be artistic and I would say succeeds at it, but like the only people who would appreciate the art of it are the people it is making fun of. Uh, <laughs> this is a this is a well made movie, right? Like it's L fanning. It's the people who did oh, Angel yeah. Eyes. There's a substantial budget that went into the thing, not like Poultrygeist. And there's something... If you try and be bad and be bad, like, you're still bad. We've said that many, many times. That's the Poultrygeist bucket. If you try and be good, but you're bad, that's that's the difference here. Like, this movie's right. trying to be something, and it just utterly fails at having any meaning whatsoever. So it's more of, like, the... I don't know, college film class type movie? Yes. It's really, really well yes. done. Yes. It is a it is a college film class, like undergrad junior year art project. 
except really well done because yeah you just happen to have a budget of like 50 million dollars or whatever the fuck well see i was really excited about this because i i can't pronounce his name correctly probably but nicholas winding refin or whatever his name is directing it (laughs) i think Um, you nailed it i tried uh he did drive and drive is like drives fucking love that movie but i think he's the type of guy that's going to try to do something totally different with every outing he has i think just because he's a weird guy and wants to do it for the sake of art and i think he just produced a really arty movie that is probably not going to appeal to very many people but whatever there's yeah i agree with that there's a lot of art for art's sake in this movie the Mm. acting is so so but i think that's primarily because of the style of the movie involves a lot of like he does a lot of straight on shots so you just have like actors just talking directly into the camera which is really hard i think from an acting perspective to like hit your lines well and yeah. beyond that, like, they're playing characters who are emotionally bankrupt most of the time. Like, they're just, they're models, right? They're blank slates. They're, they're just, like, deadpan anyway. So I'm not sure, I can, I'm not sure I can really blame the acting as much as it's just, like, the characters are uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you start with a premise that I utterly don't care about. Like, I don't give a fuck about how hard it is to be a beautiful person in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um and then you continue going down the road of art for art's sake and, you know, without much substance or dialogue or things to latch onto. And then you mix in a little bit of skeezy Keanu Reeves and a mountain lion. That part I'm into. I didn't. <laughs> well, it didn't happens in like Keanu the first Reeves 10 minutes, so I think you're fine. Great, you I'm going to watch the first 10 minutes for sure. Yeah, you could dip your toe into this one. Just stop when you hit the mountain lion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. That's all I got. Wow. Wow. Bold, bold. Jake, how about you? What else has been rocking your horror world? I watched the first Mickey Keating movie this week. I needed to round out my Mickey Keating in preparation for Psychopaths. Um, I watched <laughs> Ritual. Okay. And yeah. in a lot of ways, this might be the most Mickey Keating of them all. Well, like, what does that even mean? It's fun, it's fun to go back. We I've kind of gone backwards through Mickey Keating's movie history. Uh, but you have like full force Keating right there. I mean, it is probably the most crazy epileptic intro of them all which is saying something okay that that part is because i was gonna say you say this one's hardcore keating the dude does so much different shit i have no idea what that means no i mean that does make sense yeah no the keating (laughs) i would say hallmarks are that epileptic title card sequence for sure yeah epileptic sequences throughout really um he has a lot Having... of very interestingly framed shots that are done simply for the sake of doing them, I feel like. Uh, okay. He likes to try stuff out, and you can just tell when you're watching a movie of his. And you can also see a lot of influences. This one, the basic premise is dude gets a phone call from someone. You assume he's in love with her, or they're married or dating or whatever. She is very distraught. He goes to find her. He arrives at like this seedy Texas roadside hotel and discovers that she's killed a guy because he tried to rape her in the hotel room. Blah, blah, blah. You find out that they're kind of in an estranged, broken marriage. But they basically discover that this dude is part of a cult. And I'm not going to spoil the rest of it, but it becomes what I would say is Keating's version of that siege sort of movie. It's kind of his home invasion, even though there's no home. Sure. It's pretty interesting. I, I don't know. I like Keating. I'd like to hear Mark chime in on, on that, but 
I'm I'm excited <laughs> for Psychopaths, and I just wanted to round out the rest of his movies in preparation, like I said. So I'd recommend it to people. I think it's well done. It certainly is low budget, and there are misgivings. Like, the acting's not always great. Some plot holes sure. here and there. A little bit frenetic. You can kind of lose the thread. Whatever. Is this usual like cast October. of actors involved? No. No, I didn't know any of these people. Okay. Well, that's a good Larry, Well, Larry Fessenden's in it, but of course <laughs> Mark Larry is not a fan of Laura Ashley Carter. God, you're such a douche. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find that uh, I'm right. <laughs> oh. Anyway, like I said, Larry Fessenden's in it, but he's in every Mickey Keating movie. So Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than it must that, be good I didn't really know anyone. Um, Where'd you watch yeah, it? I mean, I watched it on Shudder. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's on Shudder. As is the other movie that I watched this week. Good transition. Keep okay. it going. Yep. Which is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006. Oh, shit. Yeah. I've wanted to watch this one for a while, and I didn't actually know it was on Shudder. I just kind of passed it, actually, as I was looking for Ritual, because I knew that one was on Shudder, and I wanted to watch it. Uh, so I added it to my list and went back to it, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it does that kind of winking meta, we're going to really know the genre and show that we know the genre and give you something that you haven't seen before take on the slasher and i think for the most part it succeeds at that i think that the only shortcomings are that and i don't i hesitate to call them shortcomings you can see what's coming a mile away but you can in most slashers anyway so i don't think it was necessarily trying to like hide its cards from you Uh, i thought that the acting was really good with the exception of some of the sequences, and again, we don't spoil things here, but there was there were certain breaks that would happen, and during those breaks, the acting I thought was atrocious. And outside of that, it was pretty well done. I really like the guy that played Leslie Vernon. Um, okay. I don't actually know his name, Nathan Beisel. I think I don't know. I don't. He's not in much else. Robert England's in this movie. He makes a an appearance sure. just briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's a fun one. It's one that you would put on and have fun, drink some beers with your buddies, and just kind of pizza and beer type movie, I'd definitely recommend it. I feel like Robert England just sort of like meanders around the streets of LA, and like anytime he just hears the clack of the, whatever that movie (laughs) thing is called, like the take one, go, and then he just like, yeah, he just like pokes pokes his head and is like, hey, you want a cameo? Yeah. I guess the (laughs) the last thing I'll say about it before we can move on to Jack is, I really liked what it did with the character, like the Mount Rushmore of slasher villains and bringing them into a story that it it has created as being part of a real universe that exists that these people just happen to be inhabiting. Sure. Oh, and the movie starts with like the exact same shot for shot of uh, the Blair Witch where like Heather in the Blair Witch is like sitting there and like giving you this monologue in the cemetery, like the shots the Dutch right yeah. down to the Dutch angle, like everything is the same. <laughs> it was interesting. Huh. That's interesting. It's a love letter for sure. I liked it. Okay. That takes us to nice. Jack. Yeah. So, um, my wife and I sat down and watched split, um, pretty recently, um, <laughs> because it became available to rent on Amazon prime. Um, and Jake, I know you watched this one last week. You talked about it. I yeah. think, mm-hmm. right. Um, you were not that fond of it. I didn't like as it. I recall. I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Okay, seg- um, segment four is spoiler on Split, listener. Good. Um, because I do, like Jake said, we don't try to spoil these yeah. movies in this section, but I do want to talk about it because I, I got a lot to say about it. Um, the, the the bit at the end, I did, 
that was fucking hilarious. That would that was totally unexpected. I think there's the I could that's not like necessarily something that they were trying to keep super secret now that the movie's out, right? Now that I've looked into it a little bit, but I had no idea what was coming. So that hit me really hard and weird. But uh You really uh, honestly get that in the fourth segment. Yeah, we'll get to it in the fourth segment. Peel back of the curtain a little bit. I also watch Split. I usually only try and do two movies, and that was the most reason what I watched. I was going to talk about it next week, but whatever. You guys have forced my hand. Um, <laughs> I am going to echo Jack. It look, honestly, if you are on the fence about this movie, it's worth it to see just to see McAvoy jump between characters. It's a fucking roller coaster, man. I love it. So when we first talked about this on HRR, I think we all kind of said this is going to live and die by McAvoy's performance. I personally think it was pretty good. Absolutely. And I mean, if you're going to live and die by anyone's performance, might as well make it James McAvoy. And just for the record, like, I did recommend this movie to horror fans, to really anyone, because of what Mark just said, what both of you said, really. McAvoy's performance is tremendous. I thought the acting as a whole was pretty good. And then on top of that, I do, like, Shyamalan can definitely frame a scene. Like, I thought that the different camera angles that were used throughout the movie were interesting and it was pretty beautiful. There are um, three or four scenes in this thing that are fucking genius from a horror perspective. Oh, for sure. I I think it's all... All I of think... my qualms with the movie came from the story. Yeah. And I, I knew exactly what you yeah. meant without being spoilery when you said yeah. it last week without having seen it. In so any I'm case, curious to know what that is because I didn't. Yeah, in any case... I think we're all giving this a recommend. We'll yes. circle back on in our fourth segment that's going to be spoiler-filled. Let's do a feature presentation. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's hear those horns. Over at ADZHorror.com this week, we watched 2008's Sauna. I think there's a couple of alternate titles for the film. One of them is Filth. And the other one is uh, something else I remember seeing on IMDb. But either way, I think it's called Sauna now for sure. It's a Finnish it's, horror movie. Yeah, it's also called Evil Rising, which is a terrible yeah. fucking name. Terrible. <laughs> That's the most generic fucking horror oh, movie title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's generic, but it also doesn't fit, which is no, kind of impressive. And we'll get into talking about the meat of that thing soon. But Jake, this was a you pick. Yeah, it was. Um, which means before we do that, you're going to have to hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Okay, enter late 1500s, I guess, Sweden, Finland, Russia. It's really hard to tell. Uh, a 25-year war has just ended between Sweden and Russia. And they're basic. you follow a group of people who are tasked with mapping the new border between the two lands. And... Basically, it follows the story of these two brothers. They are not nice people. None of the people are nice. But they happen upon this swamp. And in the middle of the swamp, there is a village. A clean, weird, crazy village. Time. Wow. I do not know how to describe this movie. <laughs> Didn't even get close. <laughs> yeah. Also, Newt's kind of nice. I wouldn't say Newt is a bad person. Uh, Newt tried He's to... gonna rape a teenager. Newt is not well, nice. Well, he made a... Okay. Okay. Yeah, good point. He's a bad I... person. This... Okay, <laughs> so... I have two I have two comments to follow up that disgraceful performance. Yeah, that was awful. That was bad. Comment number one. That was probably the worst job of plot synopsis we've ever had on the show. Yep. You Which did that makes even, me happy. You got ten you minutes. You bumped in me movie. off the bottom slot. Comment number two. This might be the hardest movie to plot synopsis we've had on the show. It's definitely up there. Holy fuck. Eh. I, I there's 
what would you say, like, without getting into the weeds? Like, what I mean, is, Mark, what is this movie about? Okay. This movie, okay, here, Jake, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot here, because sure. I think I got wait, 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 Jack, 30 seconds on the clock. Okay. Your turn. Starts okay. when you start. You do it. Go. There was a war between Russia and Sweden. It's over now, and there's a crew of people who are trying to determine the boundary line um, of where Russia and Sweden are. So they go deep into the the wilderness, and they end up with a swamp that they thought was uninhabited, but it has a village in it and a sauna. And they found this village, and it turns out the sauna brings out people's evil and kills everyone. You have ten more seconds. I don't know if that's what it's about. That's yeah. That was it. That's not really what it's about at all. So. I definitely got more of the plot than Jake did. Everyone you did, loses. You got more... Well, anyone could have done better than me, yeah. Um, <laughs> you described, like, the visual happenings decently. Yeah. Only at 30 seconds, man. And I you know, only used 20. You know okay, I think you sort of proved my point. You did. You you improved on my first, like, the atrocity. test run. Let's call it the, the atrocity. <laughs> atrocity, so, yeah. Heinous deeds. Anyway, I don't know. It's hard to describe, okay. but we're going to try. I have a question then about review. about the plot. We're going to get into that. Okay, fine. <laughs> but should we first talk about what in the fuck subgenre of horror this thing fits into? Yes. This is going to be difficult, sure. though. No this shit. Everything about this is difficult. Really this is a hard movie difficult. to review. <laughs> Jake, it's your movie. You go first. You picked this as your wild card, so that's that doesn't give you a good place to start. And it's a wild card <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. <laughs> ambiguous yeah <laughs> um i supernatural i would say sure sure yeah maybe <laughs> i mean supernatural is such a i mean it is it's definitely is supernatural it's such no, a broad not term, definitely it could be just like psychological to be, yeah absolutely oh my god you guys and you're fucking psychological it's definitely not psychological a dude has a face oh. missing his face maybe. is I, missing maybe. that's not psychological maybe. oh my maybe. god Maybe. Are you kidding me, Mark? The Shining has a rotting woman. Does that mean it's supernatural? Yes. I mean, Not the, the rotting woman doesn't make it supernatural. It, the fact that there's ghosts in it makes it supernatural. Does maybe? Does it? Maybe. Are there ghosts? Ghosts, oh comma, God. not ghosts. This is this is lunacy. Okay, Mark. Well, this whole segment's lunacy. Asshole. Uh, it's not on our list, but it's frequently described as a surreal horror surrealism which, which is kind of what we're getting at right like it's a yeah for sure yeah yeah I, I don't have anything else to say <laughs> uh well the only other jack do you have something do you want to interject it has minor aspects of people being fucked within the woods okay that's fine. very minor that's a good point <laughs> i would say the whole thing takes place in the woods so <clears throat> yeah not minor well i mean but, you yeah, can't it is it, it doesn't they're not like camping and being assaulted by something from the outside necessarily. Uh, they yeah. kind of are. Uh, I guess they aren't being assaulted from something from the outside. Okay, fine. <laughs> but it has it but has elements. Yeah, that's all I've got. We do have other as a category. Uh, well, the I don't one know why we have that as the a one category. we've blown right by, but is obvious is foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably independent. <laughs> yeah, Jack is fucking independent. <laughs> um, we have other as a category. I don't know why we have that as a category, but I'm gonna. S- call this one other <laughs> sure this is definitely other <laughs> it almost so, it almost falls into wrong turn as well like a getting lost movie you know they they stumble yeah. ass backwards into the woods and find themselves in a in a sticky pickle 
Because they do think they're at the very north part of the swamp, right? Yeah, Not do. the dead center. They do. They think they've pretty much gotten to the end of that part of the journey. Um, yeah. I think the logical thing to do with this one, because it is kind of hard to describe, is let's do a more in-depth dive on, on what actually happens in this thing. Then we can get into what it does right, what it does wrong. Because I am baffled by this. Yep. Yep. Um, first off, what the fuck year is this supposed to be set in? Well, it tells you that. Yeah, it tells you at the very beginning. Sort of. But then there's a goddamn sauna made of concrete, which wasn't invented <clears throat> until the mid-1800s. That's a weird complaint considering everything else that happens in this movie. Jack. Jack. They answer what? that with the best line in the movie, which is, maybe it's just a sauna because we can't comprehend what it is otherwise. I think I'm butchering <laughs> so they, that line, but whatever. It's pretty Why much aren't it. they baffled by what it's made of? It's it's like a modern parking garage style concrete. I, I it honestly made I me think have that, nothing to say to that. That's yeah. a weird thing. It's <laughs> like, no because look, there was there was a a Russo Finnish Swedish war, Finnish war in the, the yes. early to mid 1900s. Yes. Right? There were skirmishes there, so I was thinking are they just? Did they just get the year wrong? And this is actually set in the 1900s, but they're using swords for some reason instead of guns. Oh, so it's, it's going to be a classic Shyamalan village style situation. Oh my god! I don't know, man. I just it's did that not bother either of you? No, that, that I was think such they explained modern it. Concrete. I think Did they explained notice. it as much as they needed to by describing the fact like these people settled a village because they found this, and that was there before a monastery that was set there because the monks found it, and they were like, what in the fuck is this? It's from the How future. How did they recognize it as a sauna? Only because they, they couldn't comprehend what it actually is. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're hung up I, on a thing that ought not to be hung up on. I also don't know that much about the history of glasses. Like, I know the first ones were in the 1200s or whatever, but I can't imagine glasses that sophisticated existed in the 1500s. Well, and that's another thing that they talk about, right? Like, Newt brings them for his brother from some, uh, like, some professor in Copenhagen Stockholm. or wherever the fuck. Stockholm. Stockholm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Buchenhagen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the glasses are an interesting touch. We have... We, so, I like that we started this segment trying to describe what happens to the plot, and then we started talking about concrete and glasses. Well, that's, that's Jack's well, fucking it was fault, because he can't do me. anything other than harp on me. bullshit like that. It was confusing to You're me. You're so unprofessional. Alright, you guys talk about what you want to talk about then, motherfucker. I mean, the one thing that you guys didn't really bring up, I guess J- Jake mentioned it, I think, in, in the plot synopsis, is that these two brothers that are mapping the boundary uh, with the Russians attacked and killed a peasant somewhere in the countryside and locked his daughter in the cellar basically leaving my her beer to die. selection yeah nailed it okay good yeah, yeah. Nailed it. right so the whole she's her ghost who like supposedly has just starved to death in the cellar i suppose uh, that's is brutal too dude like, very fucking brutal is haunting oh, them even yeah. before they get to the swamp yeah mm-hmm. well she's haunting newt only yeah yeah because he's like the guilty one in that situation. Right. He's the one that feels the guilt. Right. He's but an academic. And I think that that's what that gets into what this movie is. I'm air quoting right now about. I think this movie is really just like high concept. We could have said that like it is about guilt and sin and payment for those sins and the things you are guilty for. Because right. honestly, like all of this could kind of just be a metaphor. Like, these guys could have been raided by bandits in the night and killed, and this could just be, like, their limbo, you know? 
Like yeah. none of this could have happened. Like all of this could have just been not happening. Imagination, right. which is a great ten- transition to uh, the final category that I was going to throw out, which is high concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because, but then it- why does the little kid die? What What's he guilty about? It's a she. She is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jack. Jack, um, did you watch this movie? Well, I thought, eh, it's an androgynous kid. <laughs> he well, watched up until they found the sauna and then just spent the rest of the movie researching the history of concrete. Yeah, <laughs> asshole. Again, I, I think that these, there is, there are lines in the movie that hint at what I was just talking about, where this may not be a real situation with things happening. Like, they get to that village that obviously doesn't make sense. And it is inhabited by the exact number, 73, I think, of people that, what's his name, Eric, Eric. has killed during, and he says it, like, a lot, during his time in this Russo-Swedish war. So, if that's not symbolic enough, there is a building in the village that has, like, all of the different artifacts presumably from his travels, like religious type artifacts that they've been confiscating, etc. Like it had that same Jesus plank from the house where they slaughtered the guy and locked his daughter in the cellar. Like all of that is kind of heavy handed, but they don't go out of their way to tell you anything else. So it makes me think that this is just some imaginary limbo. Yeah, I would not call that heavy handed. This movie is highly subtle. But that if you know is, what to look those for. Those two things are. Eh, if you know what you're what? looking for. You have a you have a much more aggressive definition of subtle than I do. I they, guess less aggressive, <laughs> much less aggressive. Let's move past it. Mu- move past much it. more aggressive. I don't know what I said. Oh I'm Jesus Christ! Barely Continue. able to comprehend English. <laughs> Would you like to describe this in Finnish? Uh, I hey man, I'm drinking my ulut. That's okay, the only okay. Finnish word I learned. That's great. Oh, and thank you is tack. So I got those. So two. were the Ruskies speaking Finnish as well? No, the no. Russians were speaking Russian. Although they do have an interpreter that speaks both languages. Okay. I think that was Semensky, right? The main guy speaks both. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's hard. It's not easy to distinguish just on listening. Like at least for an idiot like me, Swedish from Russian all the time when they're speaking quickly and gravelly. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize how much I take for granted. Like I, I am not fluent in Spanish or French or Italian or Portuguese or anything like that. But like, I know enough Spanish, and they're all based on roughly the same language. That like listening yeah. to any of if films in any of those languages, I can sort you of kind of get it. Yeah, yeah, I can I can float over the like the subtitles. Obviously, are there and they help. But like, I don't have to like read them word for word. Finnish <laughs> and to a lesser extent Russian are fucking impossible to understand. It's, Absolutely, and is, you also at least have like a base mark for the cadence of a sentence, where a sentence starts and ends, and like stuff like that. That is just non-existent in this movie. Non-existent <laughs> whatsoever. It's, it, yeah, it's it's almost it's. I didn't realize how difficult it is to watch foreign movies. And it, it also was kind of like you know that scene in Wayne's World where he's speaking Cantonese and he just like stops after a third of, like, three words, but the subtitles keep going for four or five minutes. <laughs> there were a couple of scenes like that where the subtitles kept going, but nobody had said anything in a while. <laughs> I presume because you just don't need that many words to say it, or whatever it is. It goes without saying. <laughs> we don't really have a word yeah. for it. It's a, it's a laundry, but it's like a child's laundry. 
<laughs> so one thing I did, uh, I was trying to learn as much about this movie as I could. Uh, and there's really not like trivia online. There's like a few points of trivia. So I googled sauna facts. Uh, and I'm just going to pepper these in throughout the podcast, I think. Facts Thanks, about Mark. saunas? Yeah. So another word for sauna is a sudatory, just so you know. They stumble upon <laughs> is... a sudatory in the swamp. Okay. Is is the sauna what I think of as a sauna? Like no. with steam? Like I get at the YMCA? No. Or is it just like a bathhouse? A sauna is a place. Jack, did you watch this movie? I did. And I didn't. it didn't look like a steam room. But there was no, also, it's not a steam room. <laughs> there was fires burning in there, so maybe it could turn into a steam room. The main... It was okay. dark in there, Jake. You okay, couldn't okay. see what was going I understand, on. I understand the point you're making now that you finished making it. Uh, I think the only necessary requirement for a sauna is that it is a place that allows sins to be cleansed because of okay. the holiness of the water. water. Whether or not that has been blessed as such by monks, whatever, or if they've... I mean, they, they probably need to find a place that is appropriate, I'm assuming. But that's the only requirement as I understand it. And then it's progressed to a point where in modern day, it's like steam and all that relaxation. But it's, it, has, right. it definitely it's, has those religious roots. It does have religious okay. roots, but it's always been steam. In fact, a Finnish word, hmm. loily, is strictly connected to the sauna. It can be translated as sauna steam and refers to the steam vapor created by splashing water on the heated rocks. <laughs> Fuck me. Is this how the rest of this is going to go, huh? Yep, but the the okay. Russians don't believe in the sauna, right? Because they're either Lutherans or not Lutherans, and that means something. <laughs> I don't know a lot about religion. <clears throat> well, and even beyond that, actually, so saunas also exist in uh, the Americas. The ones that have so the oldest sauna is believed to be like seven thousand BC, uh, but there are old saunas in America as well. I can't remember what they're called, but I didn't write that one down. So it isn't strictly connected to a religion and there's probably just something hardwired into humanity that when we sweat we get rid of toxins or something or sins i don't know how this works sure but the russians didn't believe in it right sure yeah because he, he had to explain to him like what the deal with the sauna is russians are more into bathhouses well, Finns are more into sauna. i don't know it was tough because there was also that kind of like side plot with what's his name and he was a non-religious person i think I mean, he was also homosexual. Yeah, he was in love with Newt. Yes. Um, and as that... such, I don't know. In a relate <laughs> on a related note, he was not religious. I, that's kind of a. There's a lot going on in this movie. Yes. is what we're saying it was yeah. fucking hard to do. We a are deep second. in the weeds. Let me we let me ask you guys. In... That's our forte. That's our fucking forte. <laughs> let me ask you guys an important question. What did this movie do right? A porn question. An important. Well, it had a. That's what it does wrong. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it hung a lot of dong. That's wrong, Jack. He asked the other question. What it does right? I mean, not necessarily. Well, I mean, okay, it's well, not their different fault, strokes, right? bud. Different it, strokes. It got hot in there, so they took off all their clothes. Well, I mean, Eric takes off all his clothes to get in there, and he goes on like a suspiciously long walk. I think that guy's just an exhibitionist. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the. <laughs> but so is Nelly, so it all works. Yeah, perfect. He's the one hanging dong the whole movie. So. We've touched on this already. I, th I think so one, of the glasses, things, dong. one of the main things that this movie does right <laughs> is its concept, right? Like you could, I feel like you could pretty easily rewatch this thing multiple times and get a new layer each time. Uncover I can, I can different aspects that. of yeah. 
each character. I would very much like the the Modern Horrors crew to do a fright logic on this to save me the goddamn work because it's confusing. They talked shit. about it. Guys, do it. Yeah. Yeah, if only we shared uh, some type of communication channel with them where we could, like, directly talk to them and suggest things. Oh, like our private chat, (laughs) that thing? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Seems too much. Good work, guys. So there's nothing else this movie did right. What What did you say? I think it... I wasn't listening. talking about what it does right, Jake. No, what did Mark say it does right? I was not listening to him at all. I was pouring a beer. high concept. (laughs) I was talking about how layered it is, essentially. Like, you can rewatch it. Okay. It's fucking gorgeous it is beautiful it's, it's filmed it's very very beautifully and Which i don't crazy, know what the budget the color palette is almost non-existent it's pretty like drab don't... yeah 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 um, i don't know what the budget was but they it, they it has maximized a... what they had available to them in terms of camera i can guarantee they, that yeah i mean i don't i don't think this would have been a particularly high uh cost movie to make aside from like props and a little bit of cg at the end this is, I mean, you just go out into the woods and film. Yeah, I agree. They, they did a lot to make it kind of like feel like a period piece, except for the goddamn concrete. Well, the co- the um, costume, that's another point. The costumes were great. Yeah. Genuinely great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just um, I, overall, the mise-en-scene, right? Like, the costumes uh-huh. are great. The sets are uh-huh. great. The props go, are really yeah. good. Right. Yeah. Swords, and it probably glasses. goes hand-in-hand hand with that. Another thing it does really well is it makes you feel oppressed like this thing is just heavy it's and the very, whole time heavy, i yeah. feel like this is uh you're yeah. on edge you're you're you feel kind of hopeless it does the dread thing very well it very sure well does. yeah i would agree with the dread thing i'm not sure i agree with the dr- or with the oppressed thing i think just because like i was trying so hard to figure out what the fuck was happening that i that might have like I'm not sure I was fully drawn into their situation. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do we like about it? Can't really comment on acting. I don't know if that's either here or there, but I feel like it was probably pretty good. <laughs> it seems like it was good. It seemed good. Yeah. I can only really, Facial I mean, expressions I bought when it's another language, it's tough. You kind of have to start relying on other kind of tools of the trade in terms of actors and how they can convey a scene with their facial expressions, etc. cetera. Uh, that all seemed to be pretty well done in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of tough to talk about. Let's give that one an incomplete grid. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what, what didn't we like? What did it do wrong? All the dong. <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's wrong as much as you didn't enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, this is all subjective. Sure. Subjectively, I did not enjoy the amount of dong that was involved in this movie, listener. Whether does, or not that's whether or not that's of enjoyment to you is up to you, and I do not judge. There, it does PSA. like objectively limit its ability to be like a background movie too, right? Like if you just have yes. this on in the background of a party, oh, suddenly some gigantic could... Finnish dude is hanging dong, walking through a deserted village. <laughs> well, you know, you, that's like, gonna kill if the you party. had this on in the background, it's just like a series of muddy gentlemen hiking through the woods in period gear, <laughs> muddy period garb. Jack, Dom. they're not gentlemen. <laughs> Fine. One of them's a gentleman. I kind of like the they, Russian leader. They say that. That's a line from the movie. Did you watch the movie? Yes, I did. But but the uh, doesn't doesn't the Finnish guy say that? Doesn't Eric say that? Yeah, he's describing himself in Newt, the murderer and the rapist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. The Russian gentleman seems very gentlemanly. Yeah, I doubt that very much. Seeing yeah. as he was also like a <laughs> colonel or something in the Russian military. Yeah. And, and also, um, Newt 
was not a soldier in any way, shape, or form, right? He's like a cartographer, and that's why they brought him. Oh yeah, he's, he's like Bluth. the well-educated one that is at university. Right. Like his whole reason for being on this, if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. I could be mistaken about a lot of things in this movie. But <laughs> Eric brought him out. Is that right? To do I this so. cartography type deal because that's because going he to be has a cartography training. Well, yeah. well, no, it's a way for him to get into a good a position at the university gotcha. in okay. Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, they, see, I thought it was because he knows that the blue on the map is the land. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> they have they actually have some of the better like rationale, like character motivation. I guess that's what it um, does correctly. Not yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I'm backtracking a little bit, but yeah. you have this this thing that Newt is very good at making maps. Uh, he's yes. known for his artistic map making skills, uh, and he's just out here trying to land a job. Oh, so I also I have face. to backtrack too. I have to backtrack too. Another thing this movie does right is Newt looks exactly like Peter Forsberg. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it. I don't even know who that is. What? Who's Peter Forsberg? Scarecrow him right now before I lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> Who the fuck is Peter Forsberg? Okay, he's he's a nice hockey player. Dude, I don't know any hockey players that played before the year 2010. Okay, well, you should definitely... Sometimes when I get drunk, and I do this more often than I'd like to admit, I just YouTube... Watch, I watch YouTube videos of Peter Forsberg possessing the puck and initiating contact. It's so good. <laughs> just dreaming about him hanging dong. He, dude, he's a handsome man. His eyes are so piercingly blue. It's so good. <laughs> um, all right, let's get back to what the movie does wrong. Huh? <laughs> there isn't enough Peter I can't, Forsberg. Look, I can't it. disagree with you about his eyes. They're fucking haunting. Okay. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Obviously, I think I think the, uh, the 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 concrete sauna was a, was a big hit on the movie for me. It was a big hit took me out of it a lot okay number one on the charts look what if you're trying to make it seem like it's a like a a structure that could have been made from clay could have been gray clay that could not have been made from clay sure it could have. that was made from modern concrete reinforced with rebar why probably why would it not have been made from clay because that's not what clay looks like mark in any way shape or form have you ever been to the swamps (laughs) yes there's white clay what are you talking about I spent two years abroad in the swamps of Finland. Great. <laughs> That's actually another thing that I thought was hilarious is is the one dude is collecting flowers and there's the there's the scene where he picks one and he's like, Have you ever seen this? And it's like a fucking daisy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daisy, and I don't know if this was a translation issue or maybe not because of how on the nose it is, but Eric says, No, that's a sauna flower. Yeah, it's a sauna flower. They grow everywhere. Very what the fuck is a sauna flower? That is the point in the film where they introduce um, kind of the grime, that black sludge concept, because it's like on the flowers, and then they find that like fox that's clawed its eyes out. It's a dog. Dog. Whatever. Foxes (laughs) are dog-like. Don't give me your shit. Different genus, but that's fine. Dog-like. Probably the same genus. Same genus, different species. Good lord. Yeah. Damn it, dude. It's like unbelievable trying to talk to you. Kings play chess on fine grain sand. I'll get there. Maybe. Maybe you will. Dog-like. I don't honestly have anything. I guess is is just the general level of confusion uh, an option here? subjective. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but it's subjective. It's like, what happened in this fucking movie? 
And I, yeah, actually, to the movie's credit, I think one of the main reasons I was confused is because the first time I watched this, I was blasted. I watched this after one of our calls. <laughs> uh, kind of was in and out as far as consciousness goes for most of the thing. I wrote some interesting notes down. Did oh, not understand. Do you have those? Give them to uh, me. I was sort of fascinated with the torch. They have cool do, torches. Do you have those notes? Oh, yeah. Okay, we're, we're going to get into some of those in a little bit. I, one of them is just says there's something really cool about a torch. And then later, <laughs> like a legit torch, it's very flowy. It is, I mean, it is. it was a beastly torch. I also referred to the sauna as an uh-oh structure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Great, he already tipped his hand on all those, so I don't know if we're going to have that segment. So, Mark, it's an interesting point, because I think, um, on the one hand, yes, it is very confusing, and that makes you think and, like, takes you out of the actual viewing of the movie in the moment. But at the same time, I think it masks another issue with the movie, which is pacing. While this movie's beautiful, it's not particularly well-paced. And I just, I feel like... The fact that it was so confusing, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I wanted to, and I was thinking about it and trying to figure it out, distracted me from the slow pace of the movie. Okay, so it's a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I don't know if that means it's poorly paced, though. For what the movie was, I think it was paced pretty appropriately. I don't know, like, what this would have been like if it were more quickly paced. Yeah, I think that made, and again, we keep kind of going back, I think this is, I mean, it speaks to what the movie is, but we keep going back to things it did right and the things it did wrong section. The slowness of the movie, the general lack of things happening, did help with the sense of dread that we talked about, and something we haven't talked about yet, which it also helped with, were when there was a scare, which were few and far between, I thought it worked really well. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. the jump scare at the very, very, very end with the child as she's about to cross the river. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Epic. then also, the, like, the, jump I, scare... the the first one hit me. Is that, that where Newt comes out of the water? That was kind of a lazy jump scare, but that one made me jump like fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good where one. Where Newt comes out of the water. Yeah, Eric... yeah Eric's, like, Eric goes to the... the pond or whatever the the swamp area to like splash water on his face and he starts dipping his hands in and then newt just comes like swimming bursting out. oh no 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 um i'm just talking that about fucking made me yelp both times when newt started losing his sense of what was happening in the swamp and he the the first one where he like saw the girl off in the distance i thought was a really well executed scare in terms of the way the music played into it for what it was that's a okay. very specific thing, but for some reason it worked on me. That is like, a really good he, scene. He just sees a figure in the distance, and they played it really well because that figure didn't leave. And because it was the first one, it it looks a lot like a tree stump. It does. But you know it it's not. Yeah. Because it's it's definitely like the same garb that she I was guess, wearing. I don't know if I'd call that a jump scare. Well, yeah, the jump scare... It's it's a scare. I mean, it jump scared you because of that sound element. But no, the sure. jump scare immediately follows that because he locks his eyes onto the figure. It doesn't mm-hmm. move, and then he, he walks. walks behind like yeah, a like a she's pack right of there. trees, yeah. and she's like sixty feet closer. Yeah, yeah. Which that that shit plays into like stuff we've talked about. Oh, oh yeah, we've had like conversations <laughs> about like what would the scariest thing be, and it's like if you move or like look away or blink, something gets closer to you that you've noticed. It plays on yep. that one. I thought that was awesome. Oh yeah. So 
Oh, anyway, yeah. back to what it does wrong. I don't have much else. Isn't there a Doctor uh, Who episode about some like an angel something or other that only many, moves? There's many. The you... Weeping Angels. They're a recurring yeah. villain. Yeah, those. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, it doesn't do too much wrong, maybe. Or maybe it's just <laughs> confusing and in a foreign language, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. It's true. We can't, we can't really rag on the acting because we have no idea. Right. We've already yeah. talked about I can't confusion. rag on the acting. I can't even rag on... Maybe the story's just horse shit. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just confusing enough to keep me interested. I'm pretty sure the story's not horse shit. Yeah, the story's... I think the story's pretty good. Also, just so you guys know, you can go buy a sauna at Costco for like $4,500. That's another sauna fact. Hashtag sauna facts. That's a sauna fact, uh-huh. That's Mark? the worst one. We have to go to ratings. <laughs> no, I have one more fact. I have one more. This is a hot tub fact. That's not the same when thing I was as a sauna. third grade, I did a report on Finland and... Uh, in 1997 or whenever I was in third grade, they had more hot tubs than people. That's true. There are more saunas. Saunas saunas are typically 70 to 80 degrees Celsius, uh, but they can get between 100 and 110, which is what the temperature was where that guy died a few years ago in the competition. It was 110 and he was in there for six minutes before he collapsed. Now it feels like ratings time. Some people prefer saunas that are 130 to 140 degrees Celsius. <laughs> Wait, which, 130 to 140 degrees Celsius? Yeah, it's up to 285 degrees Fahrenheit, and they go in there for like short bursts, like two to three minutes at a I time. I feel like that would burn your skin. That's just boiling. Yeah, 100 degrees that's C is boiling. The guy was in there at 212 degrees so they're Fahrenheit. So they're, they're going to fucking, you're going to require medical attention, Mark. I mean, the guy died when he was in there at 110, so well, yes. You just said people prefer that. <laughs> That's Some suicide. people prefer to go in there for two to three minutes, some 130 to 100. Death. Okay, we're going to get into some sauna physics, okay? The air is extremely dry, but when you go in there, you start sweating immediately because of like the dew point on your skin. So you have a protective layer of moisture that basically keeps you from overheating. If you were to stay in there for more than like three to four minutes, you would definitely die because you'd literally cook. Does Full disclosure, I was thinking of hot tubs when you said all just that. All just that. <laughs> <laughs> so you go in there, you pop a quick sweat, hang quick dong, and then you pop right back out. <laughs> you hang a quick dong. <laughs> Let's get to ratings. I'm done with we my We were already in ratings. We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Curtis would rate Making Another Deal. No, I keep losing at deals, and I don't want to make a deal anymore! And for 10, think of how you'd rate how much Rainier beer sounds like a motorcycle. Story is the first category in which you rate these movies. Jake, this was your pick. Rate it for story. <laughs> That's not an easy task. I'm gonna le- I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like okay. So we started a five, right? If we're thinking about this from a theoretical standpoint, a story when you go into a movie is it a five? And there are good things that can happen to a story and bad things that can happen to a story. Me leaving with less understanding of the story is a bad thing. I thought that there were some, like we discussed during the movie, or during the podcast about the movie, some interesting tidbits here. I really like the fact that this is unique. 
Like, you're not going to find another movie out there that has to do with, like, late 1500s Finnish beliefs and superstitions and sins and all of that shit. I think that's great. But my general lack of being able to even describe what in the fuck this movie is, is a detriment to the story of the movie. Yeah, I'll buy that. Mark, how about yourself? I uh, I don't buy that. I disagree completely. Um, Ooh, <clears throat> let's fight. I'm going to go... I'm, I'm going high. I'm definitely going higher on this one. I'm stuck between like a 7 and an 8, so I think I'm just going to end up going with like a 7 and a half. Okay, it does get It does get a little convoluted, but I like... Like I, I think the things you knock story for are things like plot holes, things that don't really make sense. Which is all of this. Not this no no no. Movie not make sense. Make I, sense. I don't mean like, I don't mean like make sense from a confu- confusing standpoint. I mean things that are like, they set up a set of rules and then later on in the movie they break their own rules. Okay. Basically making the whole thing ambiguous. I I feel That's like this fair. movie follows its own set of rules has a pretty clear and consistent message regarding like grief and regret uh, and sins and whatnot. And Except why the little girl dies. And sticks to it. I, I, I'm not certain why the little girl dies. It she seems are, like this She whole, had already died. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, exactly. I'm not, certain, I'm not certain any of these people are alive to begin with, but... Yeah. And that's, he had already that's killed her. why I'm docking it a little bit, is it does seem to get a little bit convoluted when you get to the villagers, but outside of that, the core story of the uh, Eric and Newt and the Russians is complicated, but it's a good story. There's a lot of complexity there, but you it all You can't even makes... describe the story, Mark. I didn't... You guys were the ones who did the 30-second plot synopsis. That was more of a, like, royal you, but... I feel like you can describe the story. I, I don't think you can with certainty. I think you like really need to dig into the time period during which this happened and all that. And that's that's like some of this is probably on me because I just don't understand it enough. But like it does not give you a lot. And this is one of those where the level of ambiguity. I like ambiguity in my movies, but the level of ambiguity here, I think. Leaves me wanting just a little bit more that I can latch onto and be like, okay, so I can take this away. And that's not to say like we talked about it, right? Like I, I think this movie is just like a metaphor about the sins that have been committed during this dude Eric during his life. But I can't validate that. I'm just left wondering, which I don't like. I don't like completely wondering. I like having a good idea. Well, and actually, there is that one line in there that's one of the best in the movie. There's the sauna line, which I love, but then there's also, I think Semensky says it, the main Russian guy says it to Eric when he says, look, now the war is over. You've been fighting a war for so long, you've killed 73 people, and it was justified in the moment, but now the war is over, and you have to, like, ruminate on the fact that you killed 73, 74 yeah, people. You have nothing left to justify your bloodlust. Yeah, yeah exactly. Coupled with the fact sure. that he has these glasses. I, I, at first, I was like, I was really not sold on the glasses. And then I realized that it's like actually a great method of transitioning Eric from a stalwart warfighter into like just a crippled old guy who can't really do anything. Ooh, I like that point. Yeah. That's and that's the point. type that of good. that's that's the type of like subtle detail that. Again, it's complex, but I think it yeah. serves the story as a whole. So I think the story here is actually solid fuck me right i'm gonna give it a five <laughs> yeah i love talking jake <laughs> into different ratings jack <laughs> i i gave it a seven 
Um, Mark, I I agree more with you than Jake. I definitely see where you're coming from, Jake. It is, I want to know more about what's going on. And that's something I don't say very often. I don't say it often. Yeah. 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 Yeah, can we? But with this movie, I want to know more in a way that I just feel like I'm not smart enough to have understood what was going on. (laughs) I I feel as though they... It's not something that they necessarily fucked up. It's on me. They made me feel like I'm too stupid to figure out what was going on, and that makes me give it a higher score. Can we can we pause for <laughs> so, a sec? This is something that's really funny. You guys typically are the ones who fucking love ambiguity, and I hate yes. ambiguity, and I'm giving this the highest score because of... <laughs> <laughs> you guys are giving it low it's scores because it's too ambiguous. I'm giving it high score because it's... Amb- well, I gave it a seven. Well, yeah. I, I, think that, I think that Jack's right, like... The story is there, you just have to try hard to see it, which is exactly what I like in an ambiguous story, because it's not truly ambiguous, it's just hard to find. Sure. Uh, it is still baffling, though, about what's going on. It's, I mean, these guys were definitely high on something when they came up with the concept for this. That part's true. Sure. Yeah. Um, world building and immersion is our second category. Jake, what's your world building and immersion score? I'm interested, oh my god, I'm interested to see what happens here, because I think we're going to have a flip-flop um based on what at least you jack were saying earlier about how you started thinking about like what was going on in the movie and it kind of took i mean for you it was just the fucking sauna and how it looked for me the way this builds a sense of dread the way that it i think effectively and beautifully showcases kind of that period piece that is unique. Like I mentioned in my story rating, that is an immersive experience for me. I was left wondering what was going to happen. And I kept thinking that I was going to get that sort of, not necessarily an explanation in full, but something that would allow me to put the pieces together until the very end. And that's an enjoyable experience from an immersion standpoint. I'm going to give it an eight. All right, Mark, how about yourself? This is the tale of two different categories, right? Because there's immersion, but there's also world building. World building is very high. They do a great job of establishing the time period, the location, the the literal figurative hell that the people are living in. I'm gonna go. Actually, did that right that time, except the literal was unnecessary. (laughs) <laughs> well, we don't know, right? It could literally be hell, right? You said it yourself. They could have been slaughtered in the night, and this is actually just limbo for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, limbo could. is not hell. Those are two different things. Uh, I think if you read Dante's Inferno, afterlife. you'll find that limbo actually is in hell. Yeah, it's level one. Yep. And a weight closed not... on my heart for what the noblest suffer. <laughs> <laughs> and we Dante just reviewed the sole seven. description of hell. Yes, he is, Jack. He has a patent. He is at American least one description patent. of hell. And, America. and, and it's technically literature, so maybe that's how I meant literally, like I meant it from literature. Shut the fuck that's up. That's how that word works. <laughs> wow. Is it English You had magical? me until that. Just What's like your score, movie? Mark? What's your score? Jeez. I don't know. Uh, the, the problem is immersion. <laughs> Immer- I am just sort of vamping. I don't know how to rate immersion. I feel like it is a fairly Do immersive it. movie, but I always struggle with uh, foreign movies, and even more so with movies that are not in a Latin-based romance language because I understand them even less. Uh, I, I guess if I were to like break this down into both of the subcategories, I would have given Immersion a hair better than a five. I would have given it probably like a, in the neighborhood of a six, and I would have given World Building like an eight or a nine. So I'm going to split the difference, and I'm going to go with seven. It's pretty consistent with story in this case. Great. Yeah, uh, I gave it a seven as well. Uh, to your point, Mark, 
they are two different things. The world building in this movie is sublime. Um, this swamp feels it the period piece all that's terrific except for the fucking sauna but i'm, I'm not I, whatever the the immersion is is a different thing um the sauna fucks it up there too but for the most part like i said earlier even some of its shortcomings in terms of immersion for me make it immersive so for instance the fact that it is slow paced sometimes is an indicator that i'm, I'm not sitting there sucked into every minute of what's happening but in this movie it was so confusing and that i was still paying such close attention because i wanted to know what the fuck was going on that i didn't notice the slow pace of it so it, it managed to turn some of its weaknesses into strengths and it's it's just overall a very immersive movie with a very well-built world seven jake scare factor go from an out and out horror standpoint there's not a ton going on here we have basically spoken about each horror specific moment in this movie couple jump scary situations that happen at the start and one pretty damn big one right at the end what this movie excels in is that feeling of dread that is always there and is really fucking heavy this is not necessarily your everyday horror fans movie from a scare standpoint but i think that if you're willing to kind of sit down and experience it for what it is. You're going to get a lot from the scare just because of how it will make you feel with that pacing and with that kind of slow brooding nature. Uh, I'm going to give it as a result, a little bit higher than average. Not a whole lot though. Six and a half. Okay. I'll buy that. Mark, how about yourself? I'm in the same boat as Jake. I went with a six. There needs to be like a special way of, addressing slow burningness of of horror yeah like this isn't yeah. chock full of scares this is a a very slow ride upward to the climax of that's basically just filled with people without faces dripping black goo everywhere um and like the final <laughs> scene is effective but you know there's you have to you have to wait however long this movie is like 90 minutes to get there um so it feels longer than it is. <laughs> it does. It does feel a lot longer than it is. That's a pacing thing. I think we already talked about that. Ultimately, though, the scares are good, but they're few and far between. So six. Yep. I couldn't agree anymore. Six. I don't don't really have anything to add to that. Um, which leaves us with our penultimate category: uh, effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake, what is your score for that? Yeah. Um, from a visual effects standpoint. The costumes were really good. For the most part, I thought that everything they used, which was pretty judicious in its lack of needing effects, it was pretty good. I liked the village. Everything that they had there felt period. It didn't feel like it was ripped out of somewhere else. And unlike you, Jack, I thought the sauna, it didn't bother me because to me it was, they, they said it. They fucking had like screenplay written to describe the fact that it was kind of out of sequence. It was an anachronism and that didn't bother me. I also thought from an audio standpoint, pretty good. Uh, a couple of the different jump scare situations were definitely aided with the audio. Like I mentioned earlier, that very, very first one was helped. And usually I feel like those are kind of cheap, but I thought that it was pretty perfectly timed and everything about it was I was not quite ready for it the first time I saw this movie. Going back to visual, there was some pretty heavy CG at the end, but I didn't think it was all that bad. So, okay. my effects score, it's a tough one. Um, He's been vamping I'm, for like 10 I've been vamping just like you, Mark, <laughs> just like you. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Mark, how about you? 
I gave it a nine. I'm going to jump right to it. Oh, okay. Whoa. I, I mean, look, this is a, it's a period piece. They live and die by effects. Uh, well, they don't live and die by effects, but they have to have strong effects scores, right? Like, you can't have someone with a fucking wristwatch in the background. So, starting from that standpoint... Or a sauna made of concrete. We've already... Shut up, Jack. We've already seen... We've already said that the mise-en-scene is highly on point. Very good. Yep. The village looks good. The swamp looks good. Costume's great. Glasses are a nice little touch. There is some shaky CG at the end with Mr. No-Face McGillicuddy. I didn't think it was that bad. It yeah exactly it's not that bad but it's not stupendous it looking it sure. was it was serviceable yeah yeah exactly okay. Okay. um and honestly I kind of like the way I mean I I do think that you could make that sauna in 1590s or whatever it, you could I'm pretty sure there's white clay in any case um I kind of like how it's separated like it looks it's a different visual style than everything else in the world. Because it is not of the world, right? Like, it is... They refer to it in the movie as, like, a gateway to hell. Sure. Um, so, the fact that it's... It looks... How am I going to say this? It, it looks organic in its place, but it doesn't look of the rest of the world of the movie. And I think the design of it is is really great. And they use it very well in all of the shots where there's just, like, a dude just standing knee-deep in water, directly in front of the doors, and all you can see past him is darkness. Right. No, I agree with that. So, I I really come up short finding anything to fault this movie on from an effects perspective. I guess if you really want to get into it, concrete wasn't invented yet, whatever. Pretty sure you could have made this thing out of clay that's white anyway, but aside from that, the only thing I can really rag on is the CG at the end... Leaves a little bit to be desired, but like the shock yeah. value of it is enough that it it blows right by you. You don't really even notice it. Oh yeah. Okay. There's um, also I, one more thing. There is a good amount of red corn syrup. <laughs> oh yeah. That's so we didn't talk about that, and yeah. that part is takes away from the effects for me. That last scene, the little kid, the blood is pouring down her head. <laughs> She's pouring. Bleeding. It's and it's it's. Way too thin, I think. That that the, blood doesn't look good to me at all. The pouring part is pouring. fine. It looks way too thick, is what you meant to say. No, it looked way too thin to me. Oh, well, I thought it looked way too thick. Okay, well... <laughs> and I've, I've dealt with a shitload more blood than you have, Jack. Sure, but I still don't think it looks realistic. Okay. Either way, neither of us thought it looked realistic, even if we don't agree on why. It looks like corn syrup. It is basically just red corn syrup. It's very thick. And, and I thought way too much of it was pouring and CG in that part. So that scene takes a lot of the effect score away from me. Um, <clears throat> the the CG isn't great. Um, it's not terrible, but it's not great. And then there's way too much blood and it doesn't look that realistic. I also think the sauna looks very anachronistic in a way that I don't like. We know. Because it's not just that it's concrete. It's that the lines are so crisp and clean in a way you can really only do with reinforced concrete. And I... I it just didn't work for me. Ancient aliens. I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. You, I think for the most part, they do a terrific job. You said like almost nothing good during your description, and then you said I gave it a seven. They did a terrific well. I, job. Everything good. I'm going to say you guys have already said. Okay. Right. The costumes are say, great, and everything yeah. else is terrific. So. Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake went full mark on the others. <laughs> Jack did. Yes, Jack did that. <laughs> You're not helping the listener. I can I can barely speak English, you guys. <laughs> it's not my forte. 
All right. That leaves us with overall. Jake, what's your overall? Oh my god, it's hard, guys. I'm round I'm this uh, is getting bracing? a tilt up. This is getting a tilt up, okay? The numbers say that I'm giving this a shade below a seven. I'm gonna okay. give it a seven and a half. There's a okay. synergy here that for me is it makes for a really enjoyable experience. Um I think we'll get into the right way to have that experience here in just a minute, but when you watch this thing and just let it wash over you, that brooding nature that I mentioned and the slow burnness and unsettlingness of the dread that it builds and just how fucking unique it is. Like there's nothing out there that I can compare to this movie. Nothing. That's true. It's a it is a watch that a horror fan should really try and unfortunately it's about to be gone from Shudder. We should have mentioned that up front. That's why I recommended we watch this movie and we did so, so it's interesting. pretty quickly. I watched it later than you guys. I think it is gone from Shudder, but it's still available through Shudder on Amazon Prime. I can't even watch fucking Shudder on Amazon Prime. And I'm the guy who owns the Shudder account. Well, we all I have, have okay. I did not mean to go on this diatribe, but I have some qualms. I, I think Shudder is a great service, and I love what it's doing for the genre. It's impossible to fucking watch a movie on Shudder, at least for me. They have a terrible it's, UI. It's really bad. Jesus Difficult. fucking Christ. No, it's like... I. I cannot watch a movie that will can, that will play. It just stops. It freezes. I've tried it on, like, my laptop is a total shit show. It doesn't work at all. Computer, hardwired, same fucking issue. You know where it works perfectly? On the Shutter app. Your phone. On my iPhone. On your phone. I don't yep. want to watch a movie th- on a fucking iPhone. I want to watch it on my Me computer. Neither. I want to have think it on my really TV. Optimized, I think they really optimized their whole service for a mobile app and I don't know why that you want to know where you want to know where the worst place to watch a fucking horror movie it is on the go on your phone at my grandparents house on their CRT television (laughs) I don't know you could watch some old school ones that might be okay I'm just saying I think that they need to figure out how to make the movie fucking play on a device that's not a mobile I don't know if you guys have had the same issue I have had exactly the same issue. I think that's pretty common, though. Like, HBO's mobile app, to reverse it, just doesn't work at all. But they also, like, I've troubleshot this, and they say that they they basically work it so it's going to read what your ping is, and it will play at whatever, like, level of fidelity that your computer will allow. And that's not true at all. No. That's not true at all. That's what Netflix does. This just doesn't yeah. play. And Netflix works. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have not experienced this issue like you guys have. Mine works fairly well. It usually takes like maybe 15 seconds or so to start playing. But once it starts playing, it's fine. Uh, the thing wow. that bothers me is when I pull up the video player, the controls are fucking off screen and I have to scroll down. Yeah, that's a big to one. Get to get to go into full screen. That is obnoxious. So I watched, like I said earlier in the like what's been rocking our horror worlds, all of the movies, Sauna and then the other two that I watched were Shutter watches and none of them worked. I had to watch <laughs> each movie on my phone. It's yeah. fucking unacceptable. Well, I watched, so I watched Sauna twice on Shudder. Uh, and it, the first time I watched it started playing just fine. The second time I watched it, uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit, as we already said, I was hammered when I watched it the first time. So I went back and I was like, I think I just didn't really see this one scene. Uh, so I watched that and I was like, okay, I guess I didn't really see the scene before this. And so if, what effectively so happened was I watched it in 10 minute increments <laughs> working style. backwards, which <laughs> wow. might be why I understand this movie so well. <laughs> um, yep. But in any case, like I said, it actually, it takes a second to buffer. But with me, even working backwards, it 
worked pretty well. I've tried everything I could think of. Anyway, I gave it a seven and a half. We got to move on. Did you? I thought you gave it a, a seven. Yeah, I I'm gave it a seven and a half. Okay. Okay. Jake's changing his score. Gave it a seven and a half. Sure. Mark, what did you give it? <laughs> uh, math works out to be seven point three something or other. I'm giving it a bit of a tilt up because, like you guys said, it's a very unique movie, and I like unique movies. I'm gonna go with an eight. I think that's yep, pretty solid place for it. Cool. Well, I I don't have too much to add to that. Again, um, I, I gave it a seven. It's the movie is baffling, uh, but in a good way. I want to know what the fuck's going on. I think it does a lot of things really, really well, and not that much poorly. So I'm I'm into it. Uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Um, but Mark, you gave it the high score. That means why you should get drunk. You should have to tell us why you should get drunk and watch this with your buddies. Uh, this isn't a movie you should get drunk and watch with your buddies. The <laughs> yeah, best, I, the best you, I can do, do, the best I can do is just like, look at my notes. Uh, I think I enjoyed this pretty much. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff to comment on. Uh, there's like some whispery secrets. I wrote that throughout that one down. Uh, Oh God. The give, torches. Us, give us your top three notes. Uh, so I already read That's the torch why. one. I also like the, the one, there's one line that just says, uh Oh, structure. Uh, which I feel like is pretty good. Uh, and then there's one that says good darkened figure comma too late for hindsight. <laughs> well, th- that is a line from the yeah. movie. They do say it's too late for hindsight. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense then. That was just me writing down a line. <laughs> I would have preferred that to have been solely from you, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I also apparently took a lot of issue with how clean the villagers were. I kept writing well, about they, they did as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is drunk, Mark. Yeah. I think I just was fascinated with how flowy the torch was. Okay, so you shouldn't... You're saying in your you should watch this with your buddies and drink beers. They have cool... You enjoyed it when you were hammered? (laughs) I kind of did. Uh, And the torch effects are really on point, so you can talk about that. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) All right, I think that leaves me with uh, the opposite, right? Yeah, a lot easier. Well... It's this is an easy one because this movie is not the kind of movie you want to watch with other people or with anything else going on. Yeah. You want to sit down in a dark room and pay the fuck attention to this from start to finish. Yep. Take That's notes. The best way to watch this and <laughs> pause. Pause if you're not understanding something. Go back thirty seconds. Rewatch something. Don't ever pause on Shutter. It'll fucking freeze on you. <laughs> Also, Mark, to you, what you should have said is because at one point, uh, the Eric uses the phrase "titless scrag." I wrote that down too. I love that phrase. That's a pretty good insult. Yeah. Um, less so when he's actually talking about raping an underage person. That's a little. Uh, there's some. There's some adult general insult. He's there are you definitely. Do that. You know what these guys have? These guys what, have a what? relationship that's a lot like another relationship I can think of. Think about it. <laughs> okay. Think about it. They, they razz each other. Is think it us? about it. Is it us? No, it's not us. Is it Peter Forsberg? Who would be the rapist? I don't even want to talk about that. Is it like Peter Forsberg and Patrick Waugh? No. Is it Jared Fogle and Subway? Oh my the corporation, God. which is legally a person? God. Is it McLovin and the... George other- Clooney and Quentin Tarantino in From Dusk oh, Till yeah. Dawn. Okay. Okay. That's fair. It's yeah. very fair. I think that's pretty good. I think reviewed. I think so. I think we'll be back with a discussion spoiler-filled of Split. So we reviewed Sana, 
Uh, but it turns out we all want to keep hanging out and having a few drinks. And we all watched Split very recently. Yeah. So sort of as we accident. mentioned earlier, we're going to do a uh, spoiler-filled, just quick little discussion of Split. Yes. Uh, Jake, you didn't like this movie? I did not care for how it left me feeling at the end of the movie, to be clear. Okay. Okay. But did you like it overall? No. Not really. I think that I think that <laughs> what it boiled down to was too much of the not liking how I felt at the end to overcome the things that it did well. Okay. Which the things that it did well was James McAvoy is a fucking awesome actor and he did a great job. True. A yep. and B, it was really well shot by Shyamalan, which he is Absolutely. known to do. He is good at that. But it was just it was so much of Shyamalan just trying to do too much again. Again, trying to do too much. And yeah. it pissed me so, off. So Cats much. out of the bag. It ends with them talking about this guy as the Horde, right? McAvoy's character in this, or characters in this, are referred to as the Horde. Yes. He has some kind of clearly superhuman strength. And then some people in a diner are talking about that other guy 15 years ago from a t- that terrorist in a wheelchair. What did they call him? And Bruce Willis comes on screen to say, Mr. Glass, this is a sequel to um, Unbreakable. Wait, is that is that really the scene that bugs you? That's just a fucking... No, it's, more, it's much more than that. That bugs me for a different reason. The reason they're that cool, fucking you know, bugs me bugs is me. because this didn't have to be a setup for a fucking cash grab sellout horseshit. And it is. It's Blumhouse always... horseshit. It's, they don't so, need so to do no. this. No, it's, it is deeper than that. They don't need to do this, though. It doesn't need to exist. I want a standalone IP. The Horde was a character that Shyamalan wrote for Unbreakable. Yep. Okay. He intended it to always be this. A movie. To be, yeah. Okay. And and he's making a third one that's going to star Sam Jackson, Bruce Willis, the girl from this, and McAvoy. It's the second one, but sure. What's that? Well, I mean, it's it's Unbreakable 2, right? It's the sequel to Unbreakable. He's no, he's going to make a third one. It, so he's he it's already un- has he already has a. Tr- what I'm saying is I'm not counting Split as an Unbreakable movie, just because they have a oh. 15 second tie in at the very end. It's not an Unbreakable movie, right? Well, it's sure, it is. It's, we're it's, gonna it's, shoehorn in the connection at the very end so we can connect it and make money. Totally agree. That's yeah. bullshit. I don't like it. Dude, how else are you going to make Mr. Glass a fucking villain? It's not like he's going to fight Bruce Willis. He's made out of glass. <laughs> I don't really I don't really care. I I mean, I don't I, really like, care either. I don't know. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. But like, that it, certainly didn't take me out of it enough to not like the movie. I it left a sour taste in my mouth because it felt like a standalone piece and then all that's explained of that is right there at the end. Okay, so moving past the tie-in, the 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 credit scene thing uh, yep. that is, I'm I'm gonna call it the Marvel scene because that's what they fucking do all the time. Yep. The Nick Fury scene. Oh, which will. I fucking yeah. hate the Marvel movies. That explains a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So short that scene. So the movie is now 15 seconds shorter. Yep. Uh, did you still hate it? I, I assumed you hated it because of the. Superhuman transformation that McAvoy's character goes through, where he can suddenly withstand shotgun blasts. That was very stupid too. Yeah, but if you're, but it's somewhat explained away by that end. I don't think you can disconnect the two wholly because he, there is a like superhero type connection that is made. Right, there are supernatural people. Again, he wrote this character to be. I liked, I liked it a lot more 
before there was that element than when it was obvious that that was in play. Like, once that transformation happened, you kind of knew what was coming, and then the end just was the cherry on top of the shit, I don't know, ice cream sundae. Didn't like it. Basically, transition to the end was just a very steep downhill slide for me. So I thought that... I, I see where you're coming from, but I thought that allowed for some really creepy shots. McAvoy just sprinting hey, through various the parts. Shots he's was, running through, the shots were awesome. When he's running through the train yard and the guys with dogs are That's trying right. to find him. Like, that was terrifying and, then, and great. When he's climbing on the wall. And they're just like, eh, it's just like, they do that when there's a coyote. Yeah. When he's climbing on the wall, that's scary as no, shit. No, it was all, all fine. I, so I, I, I thought that worked very well. Um, but to your point, Jake, it was better before that. Yes. Case in point, the scariest scene of the movie for me was, uh, what's the little kid Hedwig? When he's, when he's the Hedwig personality dancing in the room. Oh my god! Music. That scene that was is the out of thing control. I've ever seen in my life. I love what? that scene so much. It, did you say it's the scariest scene you've seen in your life? It's up there, man. That was terrifying. Whoa, why? Because of just how terrified this young woman is, how fucking creepy McAvoy is, how Dude, his dance was almost, pretty legit. It was. He moves so creepily, like he's twitchy and oh, what? it was terrifying. I I ki- I mean it wasn't scary. J- Jack's just being a baby, but I do no, kind of understand scary. where you're coming from. Like the scene is so incredibly awkward that it borders on scary. If yeah, that's it's awkward, it's, if that makes sense, it's scary. I I couldn't help but laugh. Like it's actually also a really funny scene. It's a weird. It's, it is. It's a that it's too. a strange yeah. confluence of emotions because it's obviously yeah. and like, they all feel natural. All the emotions feel natural. Yeah, I yeah, think it's. It's high drama and high comedy, but also this girl is kidnapped and trying to find a way out, and he's just blasting Kanye or whatever and doing, like, nine-year-old dance moves. He's, like, lying on his back with his feet in the air. Dude, that, oh my god, that scene's incredible. I would have loved to have been on set Is there a particular reason why Shyamalan is including, like, hip-hop dance scenes in his latest movies? Yeah, I've been wondering about that myself. Probably because they're awesome? I don't know, maybe his kids are into it. Are you talking about The Visit, though? What other one are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, the kids, like, all hip-hop out, dude. Have you seen The Visit? Mm-hmm. No, but you talked about it ad nauseum. No, I've, I've now seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You made <laughs> me watch the, the hip-hop rap scene, like the, the, the YouTube video of that kid rapping. It's pretty awesome. That scene's good. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that scene is good. He acted good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack, how would you rate McAvoy's acting in this? Go ahead and give us very some analysis. Good. Oh, very good. Good. Right. Yeah. It wasn't Great. the best good acting plus. he's ever seen, though, which happened in the in 7. Someone did it. Morgan Freeman, I think. Did they? No, it wasn't Morgan Freeman. I John C. McGinley. John C. McGinley was... Oh, yeah. It was John C. <laughs> California. His three-second cameo. Best acting ever. Yeah. Uh, so, what I actually didn't like about this movie... Like, the if you just let it happen to you and just take things for what they are on screen, it's a great movie. That's what but I was what I realized. what I realized afterward is... There is absolutely no fucking reason whatsoever for McAvoy's character to kidnap these girls at all. The Beast wants to eat them. I guess. That's the only reason they ever claim to have. Yeah, but that's... That's enough of a reason. And he's sort of like nibbling on one of them at one point. there's like a power struggle and dynamic between the different personalities, too. So they're bidding on behalf of the Beast, which they're all like fearful of. 
Or and you... they don't know everything about the Beast. Yeah. And the Beast eviscerates that one girl and leaves her in a bloody pile of mess. Well, both of them. Yeah. Well, you only... is, is actively eating the other one and then bites the main girl in the ankle and rips off a big chunk of her calf. Yeah, but you only ever see him sort of, like, taking these small... Like, it's not like he's consuming them. They're just sort of there, and he ends up nibbling on one of them at one point. So, and biting on you your know what the Beast the needs? Other... Okay. Other things I want to talk about this movie. The, like, diddling uncle. Yeah. Yeah. The way that comes into play, like... I think what happened is... I was just so soured on the idea of this, like, now being, like, tailor-made for having another movie in this universe happen. That, that all whole, of that just seemed, sur- like, in service of this end. To build her character for the third film. Which I didn't like. Yeah, that part, it was a totally unnecessary subplot of this particular And it's movie. when I look back so, on all of that, I I just find more and more things that I don't like. I mean, I don't think I actually. I, I I think you can completely remove the fifteen seconds of Bruce Willis in the diner yep. and have yep. this be a standalone film and have that subplot still make sense because I think ultimately this movie is about Anya Taylor's Anya Taylor Joy's character having been abused before, so she's over, not no no like overcoming the victim complex, right? Like the big the climax of the film is her shooting the shotgun. At James McAvoy. Yes. When we see earlier in the film, she can't shoot the shotgun at her diddler uncle. At right. that, yeah. Who and she still lives point, with. At that point, it's more of a horror movie than it ends up being. Like, from yes. a conceptual standpoint, it shifts at the and, end. And there is some stuff about the Beast only wants to kill the people who haven't had a troubled past. Well, that's why but... he, yeah, that's why he leaves her alone. Which but it's it's weird it's too. clearly in there to build her character for the third film. Like you remove all that and it's the yeah, same movie. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree that I, I don't agree with that at all. The whole like it the the final scene has no emotional impact if you don't have her hesitation. Her character throughout the entire film has to be hesitant about overcoming the shit that's happening to her, right? Like she's I, it, she is of the mindset that. She's like shit just happens to her and she has to lay back and like like the world just See, is I, down on her. So this I is about disagree. her coming and to none terms of us are with taking the reins of her life and actually like taking shit over. I I completely disagree. I, I none of us are psychiatrists or psychologists, but I think there's a big difference between being a child unable to shoot your uncle who is abusing you and an actual monster coming forward you shooting that it, because it's already bitten your calf off. That's a big, big difference, and I don't think it's a victim complex thing to be unable to shoot a monster that's attacking you. Uh, I don't, well, I mean, yeah, no, we just completely disagree. I 100% am in disagreement with you on this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Some good clash. You guys should bet. You guys should bet something. I mean, I don't think think it necessarily (laughs) has to be literally the parallel with the shotgun, but as you see at the end, she's clearly been abused for... Her yes, entire life. Sometime, yeah. But I, I guess there was no... It didn't have any emotional resonance for me as was. So I don't think it would lose any emotional resonance for me if you took that out. Yeah. I guess is the difference. Whereas that did work for you. Well, I guess I guess my point is it changes the feel of the scene from her being like... She waits to shoot him versus if it's just... If none of that's there, she just... Like, it's just her shooting him with a shotgun. It, it changes the meaning 
ever so slightly of that scene. And I think that's important. All right. I don't. You'll disagree. There are two more things I want to talk about in relation to this movie before we let it go completely. The first of which is how many different personalities is James McAvoy playing? 23. 24. 24. Okay. How many does he actually play in this movie? It's like that show for more than half a second. Yep. Six or seven. Yep. That's some horseshit. I understand it because that that's way too many. But the the fact of the matter is, this is marketed as a movie where James McAvoy is going to be playing twenty three slash twenty four characters. Oh my god! Like I've never heard of that. He ends up playing four, five of them for ninety nine. Realistically, of the movie. though, you knew and that was never going to happen. I don't know. No, I didn't know you, that. I because you as a viewer can't keep track of. 23 different characters. Unless it's extraordinarily well-written. Also, even, but even if... Also, as far as dissociative identity disorder goes, you mm. can have upwards of whatever, 70-something... You gotta uh, wait on that one. 70-something persons in you, but they don't get equal screen time. That doesn't matter. It's the way they chose to do it, where he's like, here are seven people, and then there's like a computer screen. It was like, oh yeah, we need to show you that, yep, there are 23. Here is a folder on a computer screen of each one. Like I was a little lazy, yeah. So That's the thing that bothered so me about that scene annoying. is is, so, right, you have you have the video diaries of each of the personalities, yeah. except the thing is, there are these two or three whatever personalities that have specifically been banned from the light and are not allowed to be out there, and yet there are video diaries of both of them. Yep. That's annoying. That is yep. a movie. That's that's what I was talking about earlier with story. Like that is a movie specifically setting up a rule and then breaking its own fucking rule just to yeah. have. But but hang on. Did you see their name on folders? Because they didn't. Yeah. You didn't see their actual video diary. There was specifically a Dennis one. Uh, yeah. And I'm okay. fairly there certain was there was a Marlo. Also a like one. why did Marlo not have more screen time? Like the bookish one. The th- Orson. Orson's the bookish. Orson. One. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I said Marlo. Um. I don't either. Was there also that's a Marlo? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Marlowe is a very specific name. I don't think I'd be that far off. <laughs> Orson. Like Orson Welles. Yeah. This like movie that. is why that fat ass ate himself to death. Whoa, the French champagne. Whoa! <laughs> the other thing was that dissociative identity disorder thing. And this is kind of the other side of an argument for me. Everyone making, like, it. the movie came out. And then people I, were a, a subset of people were really pissed off about how oh this also gets it wrong pisses me off so bad. This movie is not a really about that though because it becomes yeah, not, that superhero thing. So that very thing that I hate most actually explains away that argument kind of. You know what I mean? Right. So sure. I don't know. It's but even even if it one. weren't, I don't think it villainizes dissociative identity disorder in the same way that a movie about a slasher villainizes psychopaths. Not all not everybody with mental disorder is going to kill people. We know that. This is a horror movie about one guy. I don't know. But especially with the superhero. I don't know. Like, to me, when the superhero element came in, it was, like, all off the table. Like, you can't yeah. even complain anymore. But anyway, yeah. it was a it was a movie that I thought had a lot of very, very good qualities that ultimately did not amount to an experience that I would be willing to go back to. I'd watch this again in a second. I thought this was great. I'd recommend it. It's a good it. movie. Yeah. I'd recommend it. I, see, I, I don't feel like we had a very contentious discussion, but we're so opposed on this. I don't know. <laughs> Me and Jack are very opposed on this. No. And <laughs> you guys are both recommending it. I'm the one that's saying it's horseshit. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. You know, we don't all have these cookie cutter lives like you do, 
Jake, okay? Things don't, don't even, fit neatly together. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay, well, what I do know is that this was episode 39 of the A to Z Horrorcast. As always, you can check out everything we have going on on Twitter, or Amino app, or, probably most importantly, over at a to Z horror.com. All those links will be down in the description below if Jack does his job. The music, as always, has been coming at you from space. That's space without the A. And as you guys are looking for more of your horror fix, go check out everything that's going on over at the Phantom Podcast Network. That's downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. A lot of good shows over there from all corners of the horror genre. Next time, we're getting into a blind spot movie. This is Marks, and you're going to have some fun with this one because it's a classic. American Werewolf in London. That's coming at you next week on the podcast. So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. Well, this whole segment's lunacy, you asshole.